Anyways, hello, Nick. Hello. How are you? I'm doing I well. I mean, I've already asked you this, but <laughs> um, yeah, guys, Nick is on today. He's my friend from high school. Do you want to do a little like introduction? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Hi, my name is Nick. Um, I'm a junior here at the University of Michigan studying um, microbiology and gender and health. Uh, yeah, that's that's me. What made you want to do both majors? Um, well, I came into uh, university wanting to study biology, I knew that for sure. Mm -hmm. So microbiology was kind of a given um, once I realized how cool microbes are. Mm -hmm. um, but then I started taking a few classes within the women's studies department and I realized that um, I was going to get a lot of exposure to more humanities type classes and um, trying to solve um, a lot of other problems that aren't just um, biology or health related. Yeah. So yeah, it's been, it's been really nice to get exposure to both. Um, social science and natural science at the same time. Yeah, and they're both kind of like the healthcare, healthcare field, field sort of conjoining, yeah. if mm -hmm. you will. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I have a women's health class right now, and that one is really, really enjoyable. It's yeah. fun to learn about different things that I had no clue existed. Exactly. Or things that you did, and then like you just kind of amplifies it, mm -hmm. puts it in like, you know, almost like a scientific context of like here's the data on why certain people are being treated yeah, exactly. less than. So. You don't get a lot of that yeah. exposure in any other class, so being able to get a whole class is just about disparities within different fields. It's yeah. just it's really interesting and really humbling. Yeah, totally. Um, so what is your expertish topic that you're My working expert -ish on? expertish topic yes. today? Um, so <laughs> I do research here at the University of Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's, it's complex, but I'll try to break it down. Um, I study um, the evolution of gene duplicates um, and gene regulation, mm -hmm. gene expression. Um, the model organism that I'm currently working with is Saccharomyces cerevisiae, or baker's yeast. Um, so what I'm doing uh, with my Which research... Which is like what I would use like in the kitchen making exactly. like bread. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'd also be a favorite here on college campuses. It is, it is also a brewer's yeast. So, yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> so uh, I, I work with the yeast. Um, Currently, I am studying uh, the TDH genes, which are involved in glycolysis. Um, so what we are doing is moving around, um, using CRISPR-Cas9 at the moment, mm -hmm. which um, for those of you that don't know, CRISPR-Cas9 or CRISPR-Cas itself is a genome editing tool. Um, so what it does is you have um, some DNA that you want to insert into an organism. Um, so you design a couple different um, components of the system and use it to target uh, region in a genome. Um, this can be done in humans too, by the way. It's just not ethical um, at the moment. <laughs> but that's a um, teacher subject. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I use this tool to target regions of the genome and cut out actual DNA um, within the yeast, and then insert other pieces of DNA um, from even other organisms um, to test to see what the the function of the yeast will be after I've done it. So. Um, right now, we're actually moving around these TDH gene duplicates. There's actually three of them. There's TDH3, 2, and 1. Um, and I'm moving these gene duplicates around within the yeast genome um, to see what the effects on fitness will be. Um, and at the same time, looking to see where these proteins, once they're made from the DNA, where they're localizing to in the cell. And of course, with glycolysis, we're thinking it'll be in the cytoplasm, but recent data is showing that there could be stuff going on that we never really thought existed. So, Ooh, yeah. Crazy. It's, it's, it's really exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. Um, so, like, I guess what is, like, the fitness you're testing for in them? It's just, like, in different environments or, like, like survival as a whole? Just survival as a whole. We're just testing growth rate. So mm -hmm. what we're doing is once we have the CRISPR experiments done, we have genes and gene promoters moved around. Um, we're doing a growth assay overnight. So we just put them into a bunch of little, like, wells within a plate and then we let them grow overnight and we test um, using um, spectroscopy over time just to see what the um, uh, optical um, 
density is of the of the samples as they grow. So as the more dense they get, obviously the more they're growing, the less dense they get, the less they're growing. So that's a good test of fitness once we get that yeah. data. Yeah. So like um, if you figure out a way to like make them grow for longer or grow in different environments or just like you survive as a whole, like would that be implemented in like actual like would that research be implemented in like like the makeup of the yeast that I buy in the store? Like, will that change that? Would, like, that yeah. become... The one thing that we're actually looking at is that the yeast that you can buy in the store, baker's yeast, brewer's yeast, um, is actually human-engineered um, evolution-wise. Mm -hmm. So we're noticing that this yeast has actually evolved to kill other yeast, and that's why you don't see other yeast okay. within, like, brewing or within baking. Um, because this is the... This yeast, we're not sure how it does it, um, but it is killing off other um, fungal species within a mixture or within a bread. Um, to actually become the dominant yeast. So yeah, when we're moving these genes around, we're just testing to see like why did these genes evolve to be what they are? Why did they, this duplication event happen? Um, and why are there some TDH genes that are favored for fitness over others? Yeah, yeah. makes sense. Well, so like you're saying that the like yeast that I buy in the store like has different like ones in it, and the one that like prevails is the one that you like you're working with. It would. Usually the one that you buy at the store will just be the sacrifices okay. because that's the only one, or the syrup ECA, because that's the only one that will actually work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Only one that we actually tested. Yeah, or interesting. Yeah. So, like, how are they, are they, like, I guess, like, not, like, harvested, but are they, like, found in the wild and they, they are. Like, reproduce? Okay. Yeah, they are found everywhere. These yeast are everywhere. Like, where would you say that they're found the most? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't have an answer to that one. They're literally everywhere. They're crazy. Um... <laughs> They're actually, they're quite related to the um, human fungal pathogen, um, Candida albicans. So yeah, don't get those mixed up. You want the baker's yeast, not the, <laughs> not, not the infectious yeast. <laughs> fungal. Yeah, I've been learning a lot about like the microbiome as well mm -hmm. in like my classes and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's crazy. Like it there's some things that are wild. super good for you mm -hmm. and like probiotics, you know, great. Yep. You want to eat them. People will like have this new craze for like, you know, a kombucha and drinks like that. Mm-hmm. And they're good. Mm -hmm. And then there's also ones that are absolutely horrible, horrible for, you for you and can kill you. And it's interesting like... because a lot of the ones that are actually good for you or commensal will turn pathogenic based on um, different um, environments within your body. Okay, so, so if you like are eating all the good probiotics, but you're mm -hmm. doing other things that are bad, bad then that... you could have an issue. Oh, okay. So if you're not eating, a say, a high-fiber diet, um, mm -hmm. so you can't, I don't know if you know, like... You can't break down fiber in your body. Bacteria yeah. do that for you. Mm -hmm. So um, when you eat a high-fiber diet, you're feeding your gut microbiome. However, if you switch to a high-fat diet or high-carb diet, um, those organisms will start to feed on the mucosal lining um, in, your, in your gut. And then as that mucosal lining thins, you could have bacteria like E. coli um, within your gut that are getting closer to that um, epithelial barrier of your gut and um, actually cause disease. Uh, which obviously is a very very bad thing. So all the like all the keto diets and like stuff like that. It's not great too for far you. It's is too, not good. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And some people like will do it, but like they will still have like have vegetables that have high fiber, which is it's, it's probably fine. yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah. Um, but other people that I've known who've um, just straight up gone like cold turkey, mm -hmm. straight it's up, really really bad for all you. just yeah. Yeah, it makes you all sick. fats and stuff like that. Yep. Um, and then proteins, but yeah, which is crazy because I. I don't know. Just like learning about it in class, like moderation is key in everything, mm -hmm. and too much of a what? good thing exactly. can be horrible, can be horrible, for, horrible you. for you. So, yeah, completely. Um, well, how did you get involved in research? Like, how did you start? Who did you talk to? I guess and 
Yeah, so my freshman year, I knew that I wanted to go into research, but I wasn't quite sure how to go about it. Mm -hmm. um, so what I did is I went on the student employment website, and I looked to see which professors were hiring, because I wanted to make sure that I was doing work, I was getting paid for my work. Yeah, yeah. So I went on the, um, on the website, and I searched, and I found um, my PI that way, I emailed her, and um, she said, oh, come on in, we want to give you an interview, we want to talk to you about your interests. Um, and I'd just like to say shout out to Mrs. Haveman <laughs> um, from AP Biology yes, High School. Yes, Mrs. Um, Haveman. She is the reason that I got the job and the research that I'm doing now. She was absolutely phenomenal, and I definitely wouldn't have gotten the research if I hadn't been exposed to the multitude of different things that she made sure that we had exposure to um, mm -hmm. in that class. Yeah, she was phenomenal. She's great. Ah, Mrs. Haveman, miss you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so then after you got the job, like, how many, I guess, like, how many hours a week was it? Like, was it, is it, like, kind of like a full-time thing right now? Right now, it's a full-time thing um, for me. When I started in the lab, I actually didn't have my own project. I was only um, a lab assistant. So I was, you know, cleaning the bench tops, making sure that solutions yeah. were made. Um, I maintained our fly stocks within the lab. Um, so um, my lab does a lot of evolutionary experiments with um, Drosophila melanogaster, and those are just regular fruit flies. So um, my job was to go into our fly room, which has billions upon billions of flies within vials, and just make sure that everything is okay. So I would go in, yeah. make sure that um, I was transferring vials every two to three weeks, making sure that the flies were eating right, making sure I was getting rid of any vials that had maybe died or expired. Um, yeah, so that was kind of my job. And then as I got forward in my research, that's right when the pandemic hit. So mm -hmm. I was sent home, it was a bummer. Um, but my PI um, is honestly one of the kindest people that I know and she was like okay well we want to make sure that you're still learning things while you're gone because when you come back like you're still very valuable um, to what we do in the lab so during the pandemic while I was home I just read paper 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 like mm -hmm. that's all I did yeah um, and that honestly was a great way for me to get exposure to both scientific writing and scientific reading because it's very different from any other paper that you would read it's very concise and it can also be very complex um, so yeah, I was exposed to that. And then coming back in the fall of 2020, um, I started working um, on the project that I'm working on now with someone else, um, our previous lab manager. Um, and then when she left um, to go into the workforce in July, um, I took over completely and that's where I have been since. So yeah, I did full-time research last summer, um, 40 hours a week. Um, and then that's what I'm planning on doing this summer as well. Um, I had to cut back for school, but mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's cool. Well, I mean, like, I think it'd be fun to, like, live down here in the summer, too. Oh, it is just amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I can't this summer, but I'm going home mm -hmm. for a different job. And then I'm doing, like, online research there, too, just kind of helping her whatever she needs. But, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So that's super fun. Um, what would you say is kind of, like, I don't know, I, you, like, you mentioned wanting to, like, read papers and, like, how that was really helpful to, like, be mm -hmm. exposed to, like, what it looks like to write it and what it looks like, you know, for data purposes and to interpret that. Um I think that's, like, you would say is, like, a really good, like, I don't know, tip or, like, hint to kind of get started in that and learn that better. The best thing that you can do is go into reading understanding that you're not going to understand any of it mm -hmm. or understand very, very little of yeah. it. Um, trying to tackle a scientific paper in undergrad, if you've never had exposure to it before, it's very overwhelming. So what I would do is I would sit down with a highlighter and a notebook and I would highlight everything that I didn't know um, the definition of or everything that wasn't familiar to me and I would go through online, look it up, make sure that I would write it down in my notebook 
through that summer, I think I had two full notebooks full of just words. Oh, wow. And what different, like, statistical <laughs> yeah. data meant, what different statistical tests were. Um, yeah, so it was definitely a lot. But again, if it's your passion, then you it's definitely it. worth it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not like the fly paper we did in AP Bio. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Remember, that was a hot mess for my class because people were, like, getting 16% on it. Some people got, like, 90% on it. Yeah. It was completely... Mm-hmm. It's a skew. Yeah. yeah. And it was funny because we had, like, partners for it. Mm-hmm. And um, and Michaela's partner, I'm probably not going to listen. Um, I won't say his name. But a certain person we know in the class was her partner. And they had, like, the same flies and, and same data and stuff like that. So he could have really just, like copied her paper yeah. in terms of like the tables and stuff like that she did mm-hmm. um and he didn't then he got like a really low grade on it but she got like i don't know i think like a b or mm-hmm. a b plus on it and he's like how did you do that and she's like you could have copied a paper that i did and he was like well i tried to and she's like we well, didn't do it very well. well i mean like <laughs> it was there for you to take so um so have you written anything of your own yet that's been published or going to be published? Um, we're working on that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the research that I have been doing recently in conjunction with the research that I did last summer um, has been kind of an amalgamation of what we want to, to finish with. Um, currently in the lab, I am working on designing our very own CRISPR-Cas12 tool instead of CRISPR-Cas9. Um, and that'll be really helpful because it targets um, uh, different regions of the genome that are more accessible to um, us as researchers when it comes to yeast. Um, so it'll be interesting once we get that up and going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, publication is definitely something that we, we want to work towards and we are working towards. Um, I'm also writing an honors thesis um, in my project and that is something that I've been writing um, the past, I don't even know, <laughs> a few months. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been exciting to kind of see the process, but it's also very, very frustrating because what is obvious yeah. to me is not obvious to my readers or imagine. to yeah. my advisors. So, yeah. Like, do you have to, like, name everything that, like, you're doing in there? Like, mm-hmm. just, like, all of the words Every and single all the thing, every yeah. single experiment that I did, I have to make sure that I outlined exactly how I did it, um, which is why good note-keeping is very important. Yeah. But, yeah. I imagine. <sighs> it's intense. But a bit, like... I don't know, I feel like working in like a lab though with like a lab coat is super fun and it's just very like fun. you feel yeah. so professional you do getting feel very to professional. like log in and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, it'll be so much fun. No, it's great. But yeah. So um what are your goals like I guess like after undergrad, more research stuff coming up or Yeah, so after undergrad, well I came into undergrad and I was like, Oh, I'm pre med. Mm-hmm. Like every other person here. <laughs> I was like, I am I'm pre med. Um I this is what I want to do with my life. I wanna become a pediatrician. Um, but then I got into research and I was like, wait a minute, maybe I don't want to be pre-med. And for those listening, this is after I joined a pre-med frat. So, um, <laughs> I am still in the frat and thankfully they are the most graceful group of people that I have ever been the pleasure of being around. Um, they understand that things change. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still, I'm still in it. I'm just no longer pre-med. So yeah, in the, um, coming months I'll be starting to, um, gather some stuff for my PhD applications. Um, oh, good. Yeah, so yeah. I'll be applying for some fellowships this um, summer, um, and then I think this coming fall, um, well, I know this coming fall, I'll be applying to grad school, um, applying to different PhD programs, and those will be due by the end of the year. And so, yeah, next year, around this time, hopefully I am flying out for interviews around the country, um, but I will be where I'm supposed to be. I just keep that yeah, in mind. Yeah, that's so fun. All right, I'm a little bit confused as to the difference between, like, 
fellow and like a PhD student. Mm-hmm. And I know like a grad student and master and then PhD is different because mm-hmm. it's you know two different like degrees and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but can you talk a little bit more about like the process, I guess, yeah. of doing those? Yeah. So with the fellowship, that would just give me external funding. Mm-hmm. So a uh, PhD in the natural sciences is fully funded by the government. So okay. I would get a full stipend. Oh, wow. I get a full living salary. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. That's cool. Which is why another thing why I chose to go the PhD route rather than the MD or DO route because I would have to pay a lot of money for med school and take out a lot of loans for med school. Um, and also realizing that medicine just wasn't for me. But um, whereas with the PhD, I would be fully funded. I'd yeah. be secured my job. Um, granted, usually the government only gives you four years of funding. So these fellowships that I would be applying for would cover um, my first two to three years of my PhD so that the institution that I decide to go to would not have to pay for it, okay. um, which makes me a more competitive applicant. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I did not know that they paid for it mm-hmm. outright. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's cool. Then, like, just to think about it. Just to think about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I have that as like a plan. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's cool. All right. That's yeah. so much fun. Um, yeah, I was also going to ask you about some classes of like, recommendations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people that listen to it are, are listen to this probably are not juniors and seniors mm-hmm. um but like kind of like i don't know sciencey classes any fun electives that you have yeah, yeah. At so Michigan? every class here at u of m is going to challenge you in a different way whether it be intellectually or um socially mm-hmm. um you know things like that so some classes that i have had the most fun in or i feel like were the most um, beneficial to me. Um, this is a hot topic here on campus. Everyone else hates this <laughs> class. I don't know why. I thought it was fantastic, but Bio 305 Genetics, I took it in the fall and it was the most rewarding class I've taken at this university. Mm-hmm. I was challenged in so many different ways. Um, intellectually, it applied to my research. Um, the professors um, were absolutely phenomenal. Um, shout out to Dr. Balcom and Dr. Deuce. Um, yeah, I, I cannot recommend the class enough. Um, I've never like taken a STEM class here at the university or a science class at the university and been like, oh, I didn't want that to end. Usually it's like, I take my final, it's like, oh, thank God that's over. Like that was the worst thing in the world. (laughs) Um, But no, I finished that class. I was like, oh, I wish I could take it again. Like, yeah. That's so much fun. Um, Right now um, I'm in a microbial symbiosis class that I think is super interesting. I'm just looking at the human microbiota or um, the microbiota of other organisms and how they influence how we act or behave. Yeah. Um, The gut brain axis. um, It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. How the microbiota can influence Parkinson's disease, um, stuff like that. It's super, super interesting. Um, With my other major classes, like my gender and health major, um, I had a seminar with um, Dr. Cynthia Gabriel um, last winter about the, I think it was, it was feminist theory, intro to feminist theory, and it was absolutely fantastic. I have not thought about healthcare in the same way since I took that class with mm-hmm. her. Um, we covered um, childbirth, we covered um, plastic surgery, we covered what could be considered barbaric or um, just barbaric in other countries when it comes to what they practice and how we need to appreciate um, these other cultures for what they do and how honestly um, other cultures are really aren't that different from Western society when it comes to mm-hmm. say like braces or plastic surgery those are all forms of surgery to better yourself yeah so yeah. Or make yourself look better with the public image and these other practices are the same way are the same thing so it's it's been really really great to gain this ex- that exposure to um, different systems of healthcare, different systems of culture um, throughout the world. So that's another class. I think it was Women's and Gender Studies 331, if you get the chance. Um, yeah, yeah. Really cool. It's, yeah. it's phenomenal. 
I was thinking of that as a minor, maybe, because I know I'm doing... Yeah, well, for sure. I started out with a minor. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because I was thinking public health. I have to apply this mm-hmm. fall, yeah. of course. Um, and then if I do that, um, I would have had... like So I'm thinking this next coming year, I'll do like the the environment minor. Because mm-hmm. I'm kind of like on track for that. Yeah. And then I still have to do like 15 upper level credits mm-hmm. when um, I am in public health mm-hmm. of like just other fun things, whatever. So I might do that. That'd be kind of fun. No, it's awesome. But yeah. yeah. Someone like kind of like healthcare field related public health mm-hmm. track. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Um, there are so many different intersections with um, public health and uh the Women's Studies program here at U of mm-hmm. M when it comes to looking at different communities and how they're affected by healthcare policy. Yeah. Um, yeah. A oh lot of gosh. intersections. Yeah. Cool. So wait, so how many like credits do you think, I mean like how many credits is, is it for you? Is it like, feasible to do? Oh, it's very, very feasible. Okay. Um, I came in before they changed the AP rule here at the university. So I came in with both AP credit and um, dual enrollment credit and the AP credit allowed me to register for classes earlier than everyone else oh, okay. along with doing enrollment credit. And now the AP credit doesn't count for registering early. It just counts for credit. Um, but yeah, so I was able to, I'm coming across yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I had the dual enrollment credit to save me there, but, um, yeah. So being able to start on what I wanted to start on a little earlier was mm-hmm. nice. And it also gave me a safety net. So I started taking my, um, women's health, um, classes, women's studies classes, um, freshman year um yeah so it was a little easier to tackle but I also realized that taking 16 to 17 credits every semester like I was going to graduate early anyways so I was like okay well I like these um women's studies classes I don't really want to stop taking them I already had the minor tagged on and the major was going to be additional four classes three classes for me so I was like oh it's a no-brainer like I'll just switch So I switched to the the major as well, and my microbiology major and my gender and health major are both 32 credits. So that's only 64 credits of undergrad, whereas to graduate you need, what, 120, Mm -hmm. 115, something like that. So it's very, very feasible. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Cool. That's fun. I want to get to our iHeart section. Oh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Let me think about Uh, iHeart. A little iHeart moment. Yeah. no, my I heart. I am excited slash nervous. I signed up for a half marathon for this fall. Oh wow! In Ann Arbor, and like since cross country in high school, we like run periodically, mm-hmm. like run here and there, and I can like like a, like a few days ago, my friend Ella and I went out for a run like for three miles, and mm-hmm. like we walked the hills, but you know it was three miles. So I mean, I'm I could still do it. Yeah, it's just a matter of like actually getting out there and getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of my like I heart slash like I'm nervous for, but I'm going to the store today to look for like new running shoes just oh, to, fun. yeah. Um, because I know there's one in town. It's getting to that point of the year so, where I mean, as I say, it's, it's snowing outside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's getting to that point of the year where we can finally go outside and exercise and not feel like we're gonna slip and fall and break a leg. It was gorgeous a few days ago when like mm-hmm. my friends and I, well, like I guess last week for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. That was so pretty when people just like walked around in like t-shirts and shorts and you were comfortable. Oh yeah, it was gorgeous. Yeah, it was so nice and then we went for I went for a run this past Monday and it was also gorgeous Mm -hmm. the art was a little bit muddy but yeah yeah, it was perfect Mm -hmm. um yeah I guess I'm nervous for that it's on October 2nd so I have time Mm -hmm. to prepare I'm just worried that like when I get back to school I won't want to run when I didn't in the summer because that's just like classes and stuff but I'll figure it out I'll make it work (laughs) yeah so yeah I would say hmm my I heart yeah the week 
um, last night I was able to kind of like walk around in Arbor for a little bit. Yeah. And I haven't actually gotten to enjoy the city in a while with mm-hmm. like exams and research. Um, yeah. So it was, it was nice to go downtown and walk around and like some people watch. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, just have a, have a nice night instead of worrying about, oh, I have an exam the next day. I have this the next day. I have to go to work at this time the next day. And it's like, okay, well, it's yeah. the weekend. Just like. Yeah, relax and nice chill. relaxing chill night. That's the yeah, best. it was nice. Yeah. Yeah, I've kind of made it a habit, like a priority to do all my homework and stuff as much as I can mm-hmm. in the week, like in the weekdays, so that on the weekend it's like my time mm-hmm. to, you know, just like run errands today, you know, do this today on mm-hmm. a Saturday. Got to like Target after, like yeah. later today and use my gift cards to, I don't know, buy some food. Mm-hmm. But um, just about stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I haven't really, like, I've been out in an art before. Like, just like you know downtown like walking around mm-hmm. at night um but not enough i feel like now that it's spring it'll be much more accessible Once, and fun the springtime in ann arbor is insane um so much opens up there's so much to do so yeah. many new fun activities um yeah i'm, I'm very excited for yeah. it yeah i thought you mentioned that there's like a like they block off a lot of like main street they do area, yeah like for food yeah. yeah the last summer i think for purpose of the purposes of the pandemic but mm-hmm. um i'm thinking that this summer they'll probably do it as well yeah um, just because of how much business they got so yeah they closed off all the streets downtown um and it was just nice to not have to walk on sidewalks walk in the middle of the yeah, street yeah um <laughs> walk into a restaurant grab some food yeah it's super, 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 super fun. fun yeah all right well i guess probably is it yeah yeah well thank you so much for being on yeah of course thank you for having research. me yeah it was fun and very informative yeah i feel like we haven't quite gotten to like the scientific stuff quite yet in the podcast, so that's a fun <laughs> little segue into that kind of stuff. But yeah, all right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, you guys can listen next week. We'll also be next week. <laughs> Bye.